Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? It's another Tuesday. And we're back. We're here. 222222. I should have saved this to lead into a segment I'm going to do tonight called Poor Man's Do's and Don'ts. But uh, I was listening to that earlier today on the way home from going to uh, the old grocery store because I'm making trips to the grocery store every night now because instead of dropping a shit ton of money on food that's going to rot and waste because we don't eat it quick enough, now I basically go to the grocery store every night and just buy enough for the meal which we're going to make. No, you're taking the European approach. Yeah, and and we, I tried doing the Audis thing a while back, but it really didn't seem to produce no pun intended, but then Carrie was getting her eyebrows done the other night, and and uh, her sister-in-law does them, and she said, yeah, we're going to go home and eat some pulled pork, and Carrie's like, oh, what, you got like a half a picnic in the um, in the crock pot? And she's like, no, I went to Audi's and got their pre-made pulled pork. And so we're like, well, fuck it, let's swing by Audi's and see what they got. Let's give them another review, you know, because they, they got all this advertisement with these, you know, little hipster kids, and they're... There are charcuterie boards and their wine and all this stuff and showing you can buy all this fancy shit there. And so, you know, in the last few times I went there, the problem I had is like I would go there and then I'd end up going to Publix anyhow and getting the crap they don't have. Right. So we just, we swung through there and I've been doing a lot of cooking lately, but it, I'm not a chef. I'm not a uh, connoisseur of fine cuisine. And so Do you play one on TV? No, I don't even play one on TV. I got about seven good menu items I can make. And when I'm cooking every night now for two weeks, you, you know, you, you quickly start to repeat things. And um, so yeah. we wanted to change things up a little bit. So we went over to Audi and we got, I don't know, I think we got three or four meals. Maybe, yeah, three or four, you know, quick to make what we're calling fishing meals. Things that are real quick to make before we go out fishing instead of spending all this time. Because during a weekday, you know, you lose sunlight quickly. Or if we wake up on a Saturday and want to make a quick lunch before we go out. First thing we bought on the list that we've already consumed. Uh, first thing we bought was the Budweiser pulled pork. Now, um, I looked it up online. Budweiser pulled pork, 14 ounces. Claims to be seven servings. Well, that's probably a two-ounce serving. Well, my idea of serving is one or three, you know, three spoonfuls on a bun to make a sloppy joe, right? I'm not talking like pulled pork on a plate and, then, you know, just making your regular sloppy joe style. We got, between the three of us, we got four sandwiches out of the deal. And they weren't even, like, overloaded. But... For $6.49. I got to say, the pre-made Budweiser brand, Sloppy Joe's from Audi, is a quick boil in the bag. It's as bad as it sounds. It's boil in the bag. 
It's quick. It's a great fishing meal. Hold on, let me turn my ring light down a little bit. It's a great fishing meal. And it was, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did a lot of Audi shopping when I lived in Ohio, and we were we were flat broke. My ex-wife and I, we did a lot of Audi shopping. And so I, I kind of- A lot of broke talk today. I kind of had my expectations set kind of low, and I was surprised. It was very, it was very good. We put that on the menu of would buy again, would consume again. And mm -hmm. it, you literally pop it out, put the bag in, boil it for like 12, 15 minutes. It's like perfect for like a fishing day. Come home, you know, get up, come home from work, throw it in the pan while you're- Changing your clothes, loading up the kayaks, whatever, come in, dig, cut open that bag, pour it in the little tray it comes with, grab a bag of buns, make some sloppy joes, grab a bag of potato chips, and the only thing you really have to clean up is your plates. Because, it can't, you know, the, the pot's empty. It's just water. Dump it out. Let it dry. The plastic tray in the bag, you just throw it away. You're probably going to burn through what's left of your buns anyhow. So the only thing you have to wash is your plates unless you go paper plates. So super easy cleanup good to go you're out the door you can literally feed people three people off of six dollars and 49 cents plus the cost of your potato chips good to go so we we're happy with that yesterday <laughs> now on this poor man's do's and don'ts for dinner number two i knew this was risky and i know someone like you who's been kind of getting back on the no sugar no grains you, you you're very aware that low-cost items are usually packed full of sugar and salt. <laughs> it's just the way it is, right? That's how you make low-cost yeah. things taste good. They had a product. It's called uh, Priano, P-R-I-A-N-O, Priano Creamy Alfredo Sauce, $1.79 for a jar, and some Priano Herb Chicken uh, Tortellinis. Now, I was like, ooh, this is going to be risky. <laughs> How good can a $1.79 jar of marinara sauce be, right? Uh, not marinara, but Alfredo sauce be. But after all, Alfredo sauce is nothing more than freaking uh, Jerry Creamer and um, Parmesan cheese mixed together, right? Uh, I wouldn't say Dairy Creamer. That but, would be the world's worst part. Well, but cream and, cream and some cheese. so And butter, yep. So we made that tonight, boiled it up. Mm -hmm. The Alfredo sauce? Would definitely eat it again, <laughs> but the don'ts. I tell you, any Alfredo sauce out of a jar just tastes funky to me. The the Priano herbed chicken tortellinis, stay away from. <laughs> we 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 all sat down and ate one, like three or four of them. Like, okay, this ain't that great. Carrie made the mistake of cutting one open <laughs> to see the quality of the chicken, and at that point, she's like. This looks like the shit they used to make the McDonald's chicken nuggets out of. And no, I, it's extruded pink paste. Well, I guess the first sign is this shit ain't in the freezer section, so it's probably pre-boiled, pre-cooked, and vacuumed. So Loaded with preservatives. Long story short, none of us finished that meal tonight. So I think we all had like five or six bites of that. I just ate a Kraft cheese stick. Now, the good news is... Is all three of us threw away our dinner, but we were only out seven bucks. You're like five dollars for the tortellini and a dollar seventy nine for the the white sauce. So it wasn't like a huge investment that got thrown away. It's no more than when you drop eight dollars on a combo meal from McDonald's and the fry sucks, the hamburger bread's stale, and the hamburger's garbage, and you just say yuck and throw it all away. So uh, on this week's poor man's do's and don'ts, just stay away from the uh, the Priano. Herbed chicken tortellinis from uh, from Audi's, they're not worth it. Now, not does it make it. me a jerk to say the following statement? 
I have had an ass full of people bitching about being poor. I'm not bitching about it. I'm simply saying, you know, we are here in a inflation. Prices are high. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. People's, Believe me. People's paychecks are down. And so, you know, it just seems like when I go to Publix, I can't get, even if I'm just buying enough food for one meal, it's like, it's like I can't get out of there for less than 50 bucks. And so, we well, here's, a, yeah, here's the deal. Everybody says, you know, they keep saying inflation's up 6% or whatever, but I swear our food bill's 40% higher. You know, it's it's insane. The tricky thing about food bills, though, are is most people, when they go grocery shopping, you got to buy the toilet paper, the laundry detergent, the shampoo, and so that quickly drives that bill through the roof. So unless you're doing, as you said, the European thing, where you're buying your, you go to the grocery store every day just to buy the food. You know, if you're doing the normal, the normal thing where you're doing a weekly grocery well, shopping, it's kind of hard. Why would you throw things away when you can make enough to have for leftovers for lunch tomorrow? Well, when I when I say throw away, I mean like we'll go and say, oh, I want some fruit, I want this and that, mm-hmm. and then three of the you know three or four of the oranges get soft and end up in the trash or you know a quarter of the bag of grapes gets soft and doesn't get consumed because we buy it in advance or whatever problem i have do you have a under over refrigerator is your freezer on the bottom or the top where do you think my freezer's at your freezer's on the bottom you got it i had a side by side the house came with promptly got rid of that piece of shit how long has it been since you've had a refrigerator on the bottom refrigerator a, it would be the refrigerator I bought from my garage. You're, it's been a while. You're it six three a, six four ish, right? Uh, six, six yeah, two-ish. something like that. Anyway, the problem I have because I have a refrigerator on the bottom, unless I get on my literally no hyperbole, unless I get on my fucking knees so I can see what's in the refrigerator. If it's not on the front half of the second shelf or on the bottom, I don't know what's in there. So there's so much food that's in the refrigerator that I don't see unless I get literally get on my hands and knees because I'm so goddamn tall. I really need a refrigerator where the, the, the refrigerator's on top so I can actually see what the hell's in there. I can tell you what's on top of the refrigerator. I can walk into anybody's house. and t- I've actually done that. Oh, by the way, if you're looking for this, it's on top of your refrigerator. That's where it's at. Yeah, I can see on top of your refrigerator and your goddamn cabinets. Can't see what's in it. I have no idea what food I have in my refrigerator because I'm too damn tall and I don't feel like getting on my hands and knees. <laughs> Now, do you all have a uh, agreement in your house? So, you, as you know, my wife's... I have a kid. There's no agreement. <laughs> Vertically challenged. No, I mean, I have a kid. It's like, oh, no, don't we... eat this. This is for this. And then we'll no. go to... Oh, it's gone. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say between you and the significant other. Okay. So, we have a pretty much an agreement, although it, it gets pushed back on. Is I say, if it's below my waist, you put it away or you go grab it. If it's above... You know, waste. I got everything up high. Well, technically, that would be everything in my refrigerator. I, I, I would. Have, I need to do a video. I am a, see. I want to think that it can behoove you. I think literally the top of my refrigerator, not the freezer part, but the refrigerator is probably below my pecs. Hmm. Uh, it's that, and I, and it's not like some El cheap. You know, it's a nice stainless steel refrigerator. It's not like some, you know off the bottom, you know, straight out of an apartment, but it's just a free, it came with the house. It's a freezer on the bottom. And we've been saying for years, if we ever get a refrigerator, it's going to be free. And it makes sense. Why, why is it considered a luxury item to have a refrigerator where the freezer's on the bottom? It makes no sense because I would say 
97.6% of the time you go into your refrigerator, it's to get something out of the refrigerator and not the freezer. So why do so they put it in? you don't have in, in, to bend down to get out of that get out of that refrigerator. What's that? The freezer on the bottom is yeah. That's so what I'm saying, saying. I don't understand why. The, I mean, I get it that that's the way it was in the 30s when they invented the fucking things. But why so haven't if, we transitioned let, and put them all the refrigerators think, on top? Let's think about that statement again. Why is it a luxury item to have the freezer on the bottom and the refrigerator on top, when 97 percent of the time you're getting stuff out of the refrigerator? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the, it's a luxury because if you're in a refrigerator all the time, you want it up high, so you're not bending down. But that doesn't make sense. It makes sense to me. It makes sense that it should be the standard off-the-floor refrigerator. They should all be on top because why is everybody in America willing to bend down to get to their food when they could just stand up and look straight ahead? It, it, what I'm saying, the standard should be freezer on the bottom. Why is it yes. the freezer's on top unless you pay the extra money for the quote-unquote luxury item to have the freezer? It should be the standard Probably norm to have the freezer on the bottom. it's just cheaper to make. I may pro, I think it just has to do with that's the way we've always done it. Could be too. That's actually the seven most dangerous words in my business. That's the way we've always done it. Yep. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the way we've always done it. I think that's the problem with the government too. That's just so the I, uh, you know, I, I'm part of the black. I got Black Rifle Coffee Club. Uh huh. You sent me this today. A challenge coin. Yeah, but we're supposed to hold on it. Evidently, it's going to be worth some prizes and giveaways and such in the future so it's a very limited run is that kind of cool is that a, like a, a kind of like an nft <laughs> i don't know if it's an nft but what's interesting is the ring around the black rifle and you probably can't see it there's little pits all the way around it and i was looking at the picture and it's like they got the pits and that must be how they could tell it's a real coin Right is how how they marked it, but uh, no, I thought it was kind of. Will you quit biting my? I eye? think it'd be kind of cool if they would have kind of made it look, kind of machines that were. It would be like an inlay for one of the cappuccino machines. You know, they well, got the it, press in there to stamp well, the shit down. What's well, interesting? It's got the Blackbeard flag coffee gotcha. variant. I so. actually have two real um, challenge coins that veterans have given me in the past. Oh, very good. You know, that was something Jeff and I, when Jeff came on, because he's a, he's a military vet, and it was actually his idea. So it, to me, it doesn't fall under the category of stepping on toes or borderlining on um, really? stolen valor. But one of the things Jeff wanted to do on the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast was to get WTSP challenge coins made to give to guests who've been on our show. So, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, so that was something we were kind of thinking or throwing around doing. I bet you costs a little bit i mean these things are heavy it's you know it's a coin so it probably costs a pretty penny to get minted well just like anything else though it's done in bulk i actually had a guy on the fail to fail podcast and he he uh him and his wife do obstacle course racing and he's a welder by trade and over the years he started making his home his own homemade obstacle course equipment to train and now he has a business called race ready obstacle course and I, and I told him, I said, and now he actually works for some of these, uh, the smaller OCR companies designing courses and running races. And I was, I was talking to him on the podcast one day while I was looking at it over at all my medals from my marathon, my five case, 10 case on my OCRs. I'm like, Hey, why don't you talk to the people that you run your races at, find out where they had their medals made, have a medal made up for your company. And then like, don't even tell people, but like if you have that customer that's constantly buying mad shit off, you just throw one in the box. They would be thrilled. 
Could you, you know, if you're that type of person, you're constantly buying all this training equipment to set up a obstacle course gym in your backyard, and all of a sudden the vendor throws in a, you know, kind of their own version of a, of a medal from a race. That'd be kind of sweet to have, you know, because no one else would really have it. It's not you wouldn't do it with every order, but for your regular customers, it, it's kind of like your black co- co- coffee thing. I'm sure you like. I'm sure when you open your box and got that, like, well, that's pretty cool. I wasn't expecting that. Well, actually, they emailed me ahead of time saying, hey, there's a special gift. Last time I got a free mug, which is cool, too. Um, What's interesting, I kind of looked up, what is the purpose of a challenge coin? I can tell you. Let me me guess. Hold on. I just had a swig. Speaking of having a swig, what a challenge coin is, as far as I know, they're issued to people in the military. Their challenge coin represents the unit that they're in, the um, you know what certain things that they've participated in, and so whether you're at the, you know the um, Veterans Affairs place, uh, the VFW, or you're out at the bar, whatever, and someone says a command or a word, you're supposed to present your challenge coin, and the last person who does has to buy the round of drinks for everybody. Is that pretty much it? Uh, it is military commanders often give pocket-sized medallions called challenge coins to service members as a mark of camaraderie. Throughout their service, military members use these to prove their allegiance when challenged. And then, obviously, military guys, there's the drinking aspect. So, which, uh, they didn't call this a challenge coin, they just called it a coin, which is very good on them. Yeah. But it makes sense because I am part of the club. So I got my little club coin. Which, but I think that's where the phrase challenge part comes in. Like, all oh, the yes. challenge is to produce it, and the last one does has to buy the drinks and all that. Yeah, it's when challenge, it's, it's there to enhance morale. I always thought that was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, shit. Uh, started doing a new exercise this weekend at the gym. Okay. You may have used this before. I finally decided to get on the endless rope treadmill. Is the that overhead... The... And you just pull and pull. It never ends. It's like a treadmill. Now, is that the sitting machine or? You can sit or stand. One of our machines has no bench. The other one does. Well, because I, I, after 13 years, I think I made Oh, my God. And and I'm sore right here. It gets this weak spot right here. Mm -hmm. I think I said after 13 years, I may have made the announcement, maybe not, that I, I quit going to Planet Fitness because I finally realized, you know, I have... I have a mixed fitness bike here. I do a lot of running. And I realized that Planet Fitness is a, basically a cardio gym, which is fine. I mean, they have some free weights, but that's primarily cardio gym. They got more treadmills, more bikes. It sounds like their free weights have bars attached to them and you no, don't have the range of just motion. Just the bench press and the squat machines. Basically, okay. they their idea of bench presses is they put a adjustable bench under the squat machine. You know the squat machines that are, that have the yeah, yeah, I the built-in spotter, about. and so instead of having independent bench presses, they just have benches the safe space. You just slide under, which works fine. But as we said before, you don't you're not fighting the left and right and forward and backward motion. All you're doing is pushing straight up and down. Yeah, so you're not your your fast twitch muscles and your stabilizing muscles aren't getting to work. And so when you've been doing that for 12, 13 years, and then you go to a place like Crunch Fitness where they have legitimate free weight uh, bench presses, and you start, and then you got to deal with all that. But anyhow, How much did that take off of your bench press going from there to there? To be honest, my bench press has never been maxed out because of the sprain wrist I suffered from snowboarding in high school and my bad elbows, and I didn't want to do what you did, which was blow out your freaking uh, rotator. Yeah, and that was only on 245 and pounds. So, yeah. so to answer your question shortly, um, when I was at Planet Fitness using their 
let's just say their self-spotting bench. We'll call it a rack bench. What's the bar? The Olympic size bar is what, 45 pounds? It's 45 pounds, yep. At my most, a 45-pound bar, two 45-pound plates. Um, then what I would do is put a 25 on each side. So what's that? That's 45, 45. That's 90 plus 50 um, mm-hmm. plus the other 45. So that's what, about 130-ish, give or take, yeah. maybe 140. I would do three, uh, do like a set of 10 of those, maybe a second set, and then I would take the 25s off, replace them with a 10 and 15, and slowly count down until I just do two, two of the 45 plates, and I would do three sets like that. Going to Crunch Fitness, I can still put up the bar, two 45s and two 10s. So basically, I've lost 50, 30 pounds. Yeah, I'm uh, right now because I'm not using a spotter, I'm just doing the. Just doing the 45s until my arms, because I don't want to blow out my, my shoulder quite yet again. So actually, it's my other one that's getting weak. It's it's feeling better, but I'm just doing the 45s. That's what I warm up with. I've been doing three sets of 10s. I'll, I'll start ramping it up from there. Um, but back to what you're talking about, the rope machine at Crunch. They love have, it. They have two equivalents. They got one that's physically a machine with a rope. And, yep. th- and then I've never used that one because at Crunch, I still do the same free weight routine I did at, at – um, planet fitness for all these years mm-hmm. and then i do their bench press and a few of the other machines but my primary focus is they have a corner where i call the crossfit slash ocr workout area where they got a 40 rung monkey bar i try to work on my monkey bars they have uh, squat boxes that are 30 like 10 25 and 35 so i do like i literally do freestanding jumps up onto a 35 inch box and then they have the octagon-like stop signs. I grab a 20-pound soft medicine ball. I'll throw it against the stop sign. Mm-hmm. I'll catch it. I'll squat all the way down, stand up, throw it, do three sets of 10 of those. And then they have the ropes that are basically goes through this um, mechanism that adds resistance to it. And then the bottom one just goes through a wheel. And I'll use those, and they're never-ending. And so yeah. instead of using the machine, I'll use those. Now, do you pull down or do you pull up? Because you pull up, you're working your your um, your biceps. You pull down, it's here, here, and your back. I pull down because at the Savage races and the Rugged Maniacs and the Spartan race, they have there is an obstacle where it's a rope attached to a hundred pound chain, and you got to nice. pull the chain off the ground, and you're not allowed to drop it. So once you get to the top, you have to you actually go both directions. So once yeah, you get you to the top, you can't drop it. You have to feed it back down. But I just I try to do it. Um, I set the machine on four, which is the highest on that mechanism, and I try to do it for 30 seconds nonstop, which actually is a lot harder than it sounds. Oh, yeah. So check this out. I, I had watched a video of the same exact machine we got at the gym. It What's goes, up, Nick? What's up, Mike? Uh, three For beginners, it's one through three, and then anything above is four through six. And uh, I went ahead on three today, and they said there's two different ways to do it. If you do the one through three, you can turn it into a cardio deal. And you do it for five to ten minutes straight. I did three for five minutes straight, and I can feel it. Uh, so I'm going to do that, mix that in with my cardio for a while. I'm going to try to get it up to ten minutes on top of the uh, on top of the stair climber. Um, so yeah, you could definitely feel it. I'm trying to change my routine up a little bit. I used to just run like the Dickens. I used to just run five, six nights a week. Now I try to run three or four nights a week on top of my damn near daily kayaking expedition. But let's be honest, I'm, I probably burn more calories casting my rod than I do actually paddling unless I'm doing a long paddle home. And then, so I try to run three nights a week. I try to get on my mixed fitness bike two to three times a week. And 
now I'm trying to go to the gym twice a week. The math doesn't quite work out, so sometimes I got a double stack. But I'll tell you, when I first went to Crunch, and I actually went with Carrie's brother on his membership the first time, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I run, you know, six, seven miles. I do my bike. This is nothing. The first time I did those, I did like 30 of those jumping on a box and then 30 of those crunches with the 20-pound medicine ball and pushing that sled with 80 pounds on it. The next day, I could barely fucking walk. My quads and my thighs were just killing me. Not my calves, yep. but my quads and thighs. Like, holy hell, I felt like I just ran a fucking marathon. It completely destroyed me. And so I'm just trying to mix. What I do is I track everything on Strava. And so even though, like, my running numbers may be down for the month, but my overall fitness numbers, I try to maintain my monthly. So I may run less this month but ride my bike more. But as long as that meter on the monthly progress stays damn near at the same level, if not more, than the previous month, I'm trying not to worry, oh, well, I didn't run as much or I didn't go to the gym as much, but I look at the overall progress meter with my activities, whether, and I don't even track my kayak. And unless, like I said, unless I'm like paddling home and I'm paddling for 30 minutes straight, then I'll track it. But when I'm out kayaking for four hours fishing, I don't track it because once again, I'm doing more drifting than I am actually paddling. Um, but uh, you were telling me you kind of took a, a, um, page from my book that I don't do so much now, but I did when I was heavy into trying to lose weight, which is post photos or, you know, check-ins. I mean, I still post check-ins on Facebook. Um, but when I first got into my trying to lose weight, I would post photos on Facebook and Instagram. And I remember you sent me a message one time saying, oh, you're one of those assholes now. And the only reason I said that is more not from there is I would see these these clown asses taking photos in the locker room, which it clearly is a sign that says do not take photos in the locker room. I in front of the mirrors flexing and funny thing is that Planet Fitness, they actually have a little hashtag Planet Fitness is down in the mirror, so you get it. Yeah, no, no well, it's just because there's so many yeah. naked dudes walk, walking around there, especially the old guys. But uh it just it's it's a policy for the company. So I see these guys there, you know, flexing and and you can kinda tell douchebag, right? You, yeah. You could tell like and it was usually those guys that was doing it. I haven't seen it so much lately. So that's what I was But and quite, but my reply to you was, Well, the internet loves nothing more than to knock people down. And well, so that's why by, it's there. By posting it? those photos and I actually experienced it a little bit when I was working at the radio station. I was I just lost 40, 50 pounds, or no, I lost like 35, 40 pounds, and I started putting on muscle mass. And I remember one day I was standing in the break room at the radio station looking at the vending machine, and one of the sales guys came in and said, yeah, go ahead and buy that honey bun. That's just going to be an extra two hours at the gym tomorrow. I was like, oh, good point. Because he was trying to buy, oh, you're, yeah, you post on these photos, and here you are eating junk food. And that's kind of the whole point. Well, people, here you go, fat boy. I'll leave room for you to get right in here. Yeah, so because <laughs> people love to, to knock you down by posting that shit on the internet, and people start seeing your progress, they just can't wait to see you slip. And you don't want to give them that satisfaction. So not to circle back, Michael said, what do you think about this trucking strike going on? I didn't think it started yet. Yeah, here. I made a note that said truck strike because I wanted to circle back that, to that too, but I didn't want to stop what we're saying. It's pretty much cleaned up now, ain't it? Well, there's this threat of them rolling on D.C. Um I've got food, I've got stocked, and I've even got the emergency supply, so I'm not really too worried about it right now. It may get but a just, little uncomfortable. I was talking, you know, to people about the about the whole the Ukraine thing, and I've said twice today. Oh, I was Jesus. like, Jesus, I'm yeah, like, it's official. I'm like, isn't it crazy? In 2022, we're still doing land grabs. People are still actively making land grabs. And then I jokingly said, well, maybe since this is uh, 
if since this is something apparently you're allowed to do, maybe we need to start liberating some areas of Canada. <laughs> well, what's interesting, so Amer- or the president has finally kind of quit fucking around and said, you know, after they moved, even though nothing was fired, but they moved into eastern Ukraine well, with their well, forces. I don't want to jump to Ukraine yet. I want to answer this question about the Canada and the truck strike thing. Yeah, I, oh, okay. I, um, just real quick, because this actually works well with the TikTok lesson of the week. Um, so we heard Trudeau's talking about how the truckers were neo-Nazis and they're flying swastika flags and all that you shit. Know, you motherfuckers need to quit j- taking and turning everything racist because what you're doing is you're 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 I saw doing the harm to the whole deal and you're going to water it down. Tell me, boy who cried wolf. Tell me you're white American without telling me you're white American. I'll go first. I was getting ready to say, swear to God, I just stopped myself. I saw a video of a Canadian of uh, from Canada where an African American, no, a, an African Canadian man, it was it was he he had the Canadian flag. He said, "Look, I was speaking at that that um, rally. I was up on stage. The guy who was fl- walking around with the swastika flag wasn't a pro-Nazi. He was saying this is what they're trying to turn our flag into. If we don't stand up for our rights, this is the what." This is basically going to become the Canadian flag. He wasn't saying, you know, pro Hitler. He was basically saying we need to stand up to these guys. And so that's why, that's where Trudeau and them say, oh, they are flying. They weren't flying swastika flags as in pride and to promote it. They were using it as a warning symbol of what the Canadian flag could turn into. But that's not the TikTok lesson of the week. Um, here's the insanity and the level which they are still going in their parliament up in Canada. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. And this comes from at Angry Canadian. Welcome back to the Drunken Canadian News. And I'm your host, the Zero Canadian. Let's go check in on Parliament. Vitriol. Do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler? Do we need to see by these protesters on social media? <laughs> what? Hong Kong means Hail Hitler? What? <laughs> And this has been how the many times podcast, TikTok lesson of the week. Whether it's a flag in front of someone's house that says "Nifty Nifty Steve is 50, honk for happy birthday," or for the graduating class of 2022, honk when you drive by the school. So the protesters had these honk for support, and these insane people in their parliament are saying that Hong Kong is now stands for Ohio. <laughs> Hitler. That's how how far out of touch these fucking politicians are in Canada. Watering down what real racist is. Exactly, and that's that's a huge problem. And maybe I'm saying it, and you're going to say that it's racist that I even say it. Go ahead. I don't care because you know what the truth really is. It's insane. And meanwhile, as you were saying, we got Putin over here pulling um, land grab policies out of Hitler's playbook. Well, what's interesting is I and I can't find it. I've been looking for it. Is after they so after that shit went down today, I listened to our president's comments on it. Now I've been super out of touch last week because I've been up to my ass in computer issues. Did they actually quote unquote invade areas of Ukraine today? That's what I was going to get it. No, what happened was over the weekend, basically. Uh, yeah, I think it was yesterday even. Um, Putin and them and Russia basically declared the separatists in Ukraine as their own nation. Yes, yeah, so now there's essentially two, two independent. So now areas. they can move in, nothing fired, to help them maintain the peace. 
And uh, finally, our administration said it's, it's basically the beginning of the invasion. Yeah. And well, has, I think they, they, uh, in the, uh, in the, um, the, uh, from what I saw, I guess Biden made a mistake of using the word invasion. And so this morning they changed it to encroaching, but now no, they're, was, they switched it back a, to invasion. Yeah. And now the sanctions have begun, which is going to make our, our, our fuel prices spike. Now I have a prediction. What's going to happen is the Biden and then we're going to come out and say, look, we're going to have to get the pipeline started again. We're going to have to start drilling more oil as a stopgap, but we're going to do it in an environmentally responsible way. We already are and already were. We had the same issue. Remember when the we had the oil rig issue during the Obama administration? Oh, yeah. And we talked about this at the time. The first thing they did in a knee-jerk reaction is they said, okay, no more American companies can drill for oil in um, international waters. So what happened? China and Russia started drilling in the areas in which we used to drill. And we said at the time, who would you rather have drilling in those areas? Companies that are American and European-based that have to follow super strict environmental laws or companies that are owned by countries such as Russia and China who give two shits and or a fuck drilling in the same areas without the environmental policies. Exactly. No, it's... But, you know, I think he's going to... You know, the stuff that Orange Man had his fingers on, he's going to kind of turn it back because they're going to have to do something. This this oil thing uh, is because Europe re- relies on um, Russia's oil for everything. It's going, to, it's going to make things go as bad as oil is now. It's going to make it pop and... And they're going to have to do something. But what's interesting is, as this has happened and they've moved in, you know, recognizing these separatists as their own own deal, I saw somewhere, and I can't find it now, but they basically are saying, well, the whole uh, Kiev thing in Ukraine, we don't think it's legitimately its own country after 2014. So they're, they're moving that down. Well, it's along, because right? we basically helped overthrow their government and left them in a fucking power vacuum, kind of like we've done before. Um, well, because Sorry, in Iraq, 2014, yeah. when the Crimea thing happened, it, they're mad that it was basically a coup d'etat that pulled out the pro-Russian or Russian-friendly government for who they have now, essentially. So it, it's interesting. Uh, I, hopefully, this they swear we aren't going to go there, but you know, if this encroaches on neighboring NATO countries, that's when things are going to to change. And I did just see a article popped up basically headline on ap biden putin single signal bigger confrontation ahead over ukraine so we have got that let's change the subject of something a little bit let's talk about cars i heard somebody got new shoes my yeah i got some new shoes on my truck shout out to uh, warren and james over at uh, jerry's tires for uh making that happen um i went with the same nitto terra grappler g2s that i had on my taco now, when you got your universal semi-off-road tires I, on your taco, I gave you the warning that when I got my G2s that they felt... The universal little... semi-off-road? No, they are AT tires. They're all-terrain tires. They're only thing more aggressive is a mud terrain. Yes, so they're AT tires, but anyhow, I was explaining to you that when I got mine, they seemed a little slippery until they softened up and broken in. Uh, that was not the case with the ones that I got on my, my Tundra, which are 20 inches. I think maybe the reason I felt the difference on the tacos because I went from a 15-inch rim to a 17-inch rim, and so I think maybe it was the increase in size. 
Well, one of the reasons I went with Wild Peak Falcons is they are supposed to be really good in the rain and snow also. Now, are those ones you had? Those You had those on your Subaru too, did you not? I had the what's called the trail version, which is less aggressive. Uh, that's actually made for a unibody vehicle like that, which will be what we replaced the tires with on the Forester coming up. And so I, yeah, I want the G2s. I, James jokingly said, which, which sidewalls do you want? And I said, well, if they still have the goddamn SS logos, put them on the inside. <laughs> One of the, I, I know Nitto's a Chinese company, I believe, maybe even Japanese. No, it's Japanese. And the G1s, on one side of the sidewall, they had a lightning bolt. And then on the other side, they have a weird pattern, kind of looks like an Aztec pyramid. Mm. Well, and so the G2, they put two lightning bolts. <laughs> and I remember when I took my Tacoma over there, James called me and said, um... Which sidewall do you want facing out? Because these look awfully close to German SS logos, to which I said, well, put those on the inside. And so he made the same request again today, which so I made sure to put the, the lightning bolts on the inside and put the little pyramid looking sidewalls on the outside. But um, I was a little I was a little concerned how they would look on factory rims. I'm, I'm looking at them online and I don't see the lightning bolts. Uh, let's see here. I can. I actually did a video, a YouTube video on it. So, Nitto Terra Grappler G2 uh, Lightning Bolt Sidewall. Type that mm -hmm. in. I'm on discount tire looking at the pictures of them. Uh, images. And so, yeah, it's because all the pictures are showing has what I refer to as the kind of funky pyramid. Um, well, it's showing both sides. One is like a blocky square. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm on Google. I typed the Nitto Terragrapper G2 Lightning Bolt Sidewall. Second row down off of offroadextreme.com. They have a close-up of it. I guess, yeah. For those of you playing along at home, um, yeah. I could email it to you, I guess, if you want to. I'm looking it up right now. Almost there. Boom. Second row down, third picture in. Off-road tire extreme. See him? Yeah, I see him. Don't they look like S German SS logos? <laughs> well. If you know what you're looking for. Yeah, I guess. I'm, yeah. It's the same, you know, and that's the kind of, we're all familiar with, uh, not oh, Moto Metal, but what's the uh, dirt bike? Metal Militia. Yes. Metal Militia, their logo is a skull with a German World War II helmet, but the S in Militia is the same German Nazi font for the S. And so people have been trying to reappropriate that. But anyhow, um, here's I, I sent you this. Did you look at that article I sent you about the uh, most overpriced used cars in Florida? I could tell you. Well, that's actually across the country if you looked at the article. Well, I know. That's why I was asking if you actually looked at the numbers. Yeah. Well, there's a ton of Tacomas in there. What now? I would say, based on this information, that would probably give you an idea what the most widely sought after used car in that particular state would be, right? Because why else would you yeah. market one? Yeah, I think the cross trek was Alaska. And Did you see what the the marked the most marked up car is in your state of Nevada? Which is surprising. Yeah. Stand by, I will. Well, I got it in front of me. Go ahead. The Kia Soul at eighteen point two percent markup which is only comes out to $3,858 worth of markup on it. Well, it's interesting. They're saying these lately used cars are about a percent and a half above a new one. 
New Hampshire, the number one most marked up car is a Subaru Crosstrek at 13.8, which only comes out to 3,984. But the depending mo- on the model you get, but yes, Florida. Now this this what do we know about Florida? Florida is usually the home to retirees, right? Yep. And what's the joke about people having their mid and late life crisis? What kind of cars well, do old men? Give myself are- a Corvette. Florida, twenty four percent, nineteen thousand dollar markup on a used Corvette. But I think there's a higher number than that. Yes, and while well, this makes sense for Hawaii though, because everything has to be imported. Which is a little, based on the um, Joe Coy bit, you would think you, their leading would be a taco, but it's actually the Dodge Charger at 28% with $11,283 with a markup on it. That is crazy. California, this is the this doesn't surprise me at all. That's a huge used price Mercedes-Benz G-Class. 50.4% markup. Eighty-seven thousand six hundred fourteen. You see the markup on the Subaru Crosstrek in Alaska. Well, once again, that had to be imported, so it doesn't surprise me. Twenty-three, twenty-eight point three percent, but it only comes out to eight grand, which is probably the that's pr- eight grand above and beyond yeah. what it would normally. So that's go, that's yes. eight thousand dollars worth of markup on top of the the normal blue book, which is uh, Subaru's like uh, similar to the to- Toyota, which is already retains. But if we're looking at this list. I think it's clear to say that Toyota Tacomas and Toyotas in general are one of the most sought-after used cars. I mean, look, Alabama, Toyota Tacoma, 15% markup at $5,700 over asking price. Um, Arkansas, Toyota Tacoma. Colorado, Forerunner. Connecticut, Tacoma. Delaware, RAV4. Uh, Toyota Sierra in Illinois. Tacoma in Massachusetts. Forerunner in Minnesota. Taco in Mississippi, uh, Tacoma in Nebraska, RAV4 in New Jersey, RAV4 in North Carolina, Tacoma in Oklahoma, RAV4 in Oregon. People love their RAV4s. I kind of think they're ugly, but anyhow. Rhode Island, Corolla, RAV4 in Texas, which is surprising considering they make tacos there. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, Toyota RAV4 hybrid, so they're all about the hybrids out there. Utah, the RAV4, Vermont, the Tacoma, RAV4 hybrid in Washington State. But yeah, it's it's crazy to think that these are the sticker prices being put on used cars because of the damn chip shortage. It's nuts, and man. Now, it's affecting the, my business. And now the sticker prices on brand new Porsches, Audis, Bentleys, and Volkswagens are going to go through the roof because of that. You heard about the uh, boat out in the Atlantic, right? No, I haven't. There's a shipping container ship that has nothing but Volkswagen-branded cars on it that caught fire, and they had to abandon the entire crew, and the thing's floating around in the Atlantic completely, well, at the time, completely abandoned, and it's just, it was still on fire, and it was literally stocked with nothing but Audis, um, Volkswagens, Porsches, and I think they own Bentley now. Yep. Oh! I made a mistake. I was looking at the Ridge Grappler, not the Terror Grappler. Yeah, now do you see it? Terror Grappler doesn't look that aggressive on the tread. Hmm. Well, that's the difference between a Terror Firma and a Ridge. But yeah, now do you see the logo? Now yeah, I, I see it. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's a little different, but if you want to pretend that's what it looks like, that's what it looks like. 
You know, I well, get it. Well, I mean, if people I, are going to say that about the Kiss logo, you can definitely say that about the Knitted Terror Grappler uh-huh. G2 logo. <laughs> well, and they get even the sipes are even that shape inside the tire. Yeah, so, so the, the tread is yeah, and you, you can see the little SS on the, on the treads. But I was I was a little concerned of how that thing was going to look on the factory tires, but I think it looks pretty good. My truck's dirty. Well, it's and so has funny. Dents I've seen uh, even like the tires I got the Wild, Falcon Wild Peak ATs. I've seen them as a. Uh, they have them actually on the new Tundra, but it's a different version. It's uh, it's a lower, it's not as aggressive, and I, it's strictly there for gas mileage, you know. So they got a, a lot better rolling resistance on it. So eh. here's a little good looking tires. Here's a, remember back in the mid two thousands, two thousand fifteen, Rockstar rims. Remember when they were all the rage? Oh yeah, that's that, isn't that what brought in the whole black blacked out rims with like just a little bit of chrome in there while you're the on star, your, you know while you're on your google machine look up 2015 toyota tacoma rockstar edition it was actually they partnered up with rockstar and you could get a factory tacoma with rockstar rims on it and it was all blacked out like you said huh. and they came from the factory with the rockstar rims on them i remember at the time that's when i got my base model that's all you know, you oh, could, so this is the previous generation. Yeah, that's the 2015, the Rockstar, and they came factory with Rockstar rims and um, AT tires on them. Yep. But I didn't like that version of the Rockstar rim. I was like, they're, which obviously is why they, they're probably the most produced, which is why they opted for that particular one. So here I'm looking at one right now, and it's got 58,000 miles on it. How much do you think the no haggle price is? On a 2015 Toyota Tacoma Rockstar Edition? Mm-hmm. No haggle price, how many miles? 58K. 37.5. 35.9, you're close. Because you got to remember, my base model Tacoma that I think maybe was 22 off the door and that I got in 2014... I put 79,000 miles on it, and they gave me three grand more than I owed on it, and it was sold before I was off the lot in my 2018. And that was before the superinflation that we're reading were 15 16% inflation. So a Toy- 2017 Toyota Tacoma SR, I believe that's what you had. Yep. It's the but- base, base model. 44,000 miles. What is the going rate through CarMax? Thirty-eight five. Twenty-nine nine. Really? Still a lot of money. Yeah. And that and mine that's was, with the Steelies on it still too. Mine was And that's just an access cab. That's not the quad cab. Yeah, I had the I had the full crew cab, but mine mine was the base model, but it was nice because since it was the base model, it didn't have the chrome bumper. So the thing basically came factory blacked out. All I had to do was tint the windows and put the different rims on it. And the only thing that wasn't black was the little Toyota pinstripe going down the side. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. Mine came with the uh, the body matching fender flares and also uh, rear bumper. See, that's what yeah. sucks. Like, if I want to do my Tundra, not that I want to go blacked out, but like if I, I would have to change my door handles, my mirrors, my grill, my artificial make believe air intake, <laughs> my rear bumper. There's so much. Is your air intake chrome? Yeah. You no, know, there's a there's not, a not the, there's a mine don't have the, a Tacoma just like yours, just at four houses down that has my, a lot of chrome. Mine on don't have color. the air intake on top of the hood. It has the one in the nose of the hood. Yeah, no, the one with the air, air intake on top of the hood, I believe, is the TRD Pro. But yeah, on on eBay they sell the blacked out 
grill that says Toyota on it for like four fifty, and then the hood scoop for the nose of the hood all blacked out. It's like another hundred and thirty bucks. You could get a bunch of overlays for all that other chrome stuff. Yeah, but then they don't last. Well, not only that, but the problem with overlays, unless it's the actual stick-on decal style, then you're going to have like a quarter inch. You know, your your lines aren't going to match up because if it's like a, a hard plastic, kind of like the tail light covers we used to put on them back in the nineties. You know, it's going to have a little bit of lip. I I wouldn't be surprised they make like a uh, heat shrink type on there. Just get but, it wrapped. Yeah. Call today. Yeah. At this point, it's. I, I need to focus on getting the dings taken out of it from Dad's trash case before I worry about... Or that computer that you ran into the side of it? No, nah, that wasn't a computer. That was a Dell PowerEd server that weighs 85 pounds. I harpooned the side of it. <laughs> but uh, did you watch my uh, bedliner video? Yes, I did. Yeah. Talking about some half-ass work there, huh, buddy? <laughs> I finally got... <laughs> oh, hey, my half-ass work. I finally got a video up for the first time in that damn near a year. Now... I'm all about people's freedom of choice when it comes to wearing masks, or more importantly, not wearing masks. And I understand people not wanting to visit restaurants that have mask mandate policies. Yeah. But Cape Coral, Florida, making the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Someone's deciding to gild the lily, and I know where this place is. I've never been there because, well, ironically, they sell crepes. Uh, Let me guess, are they called the Crepes of Wrath? It's not Cape Crepe and Chowder either. Um, it's the Crispy Crepery in Cape Coral. Florida oh, Restaurant God. denies denies service to people wearing masks. Oh, this is a little gilding the lily. Cape Coral, Florida, a restaurant in Florida, drew controversy over issuing a message to prospective diners. If you wear a mask, you will not be served. NBC affiliate WBBH reported that the owners of Crispy Crisp Crepe and Cape Coral put a sign telling people to remove their masks before they enter their business. We believe they don't do any good, so we don't want them, owner Debbie Hernandez says. The owner says that the mask can be dirty and affect their mental health. As such, they don't want people to be seen wearing them. Quote, we are also effective psychologically by having to look at somebody with their mask on, Debbie says. Some of the customers said they wouldn't I'm sorry, some of the customers said they would not support the business with such a policy. Quote, I personally think it's wrong and they are discriminating against people, end quote, says Cape Coral resident Jody Matthew. You know what, Jody, I kinda agree with you, but one could argue that the people on the other side, particularly in New York or Chicago or in LA that refuse service to people for not having a vaccination card. Or wearing the mask is also discriminating. So that flies in both directions. Once again, I think that the whole idea of putting up a sign telling people to fuck off if you're wearing a mask, maybe they get what they want with free publicity. Um, let's see here. But Hernandez said that they don't like the mask policy. If you don't like the mask policy, find your food elsewhere. Quote, there are other places to eat, owner Jack Hernandez says. They don't have to keep choosing this place. That must be a good uh, problem to have. You have so many goddamn customers, you ain't worried about driving them off. Um, other customers said they don't care, saying that the Hernandez is should right try that approach with Act Computer. Yeah. Other customers said they don't care, saying that it's Hernandez's right to deny service in their own private business. For now, the sign stays up, even though it's earned the restaurant some negative reviews. And they did interview the owner of another restaurant in the same. Um, Strip mall who said they have been getting more tables per day 
because they have become the sloppy seconds for people who don't want to get back in their car and drive further away. And it's just simple to go there. She did make a good point, And I will be honest with the audience. I am one of these people. I have four cloth masks that I purchased from the fine people at World War II Supply who make the mask out of the same material that they make my World War II uniforms out of. So I have one that looks like P-42s at the Marine Corps work because I'm a World War II nerd. I have one made out of the same material, the Navy shirts, uh, the HBT. I wear them. Nowadays, I only wear them when I go to businesses that I service or computers and they still have mask mandates, usually veterinarian clinics. I wear them. I have never, in two years, put one of them in a sink full of water, let alone a washing machine. And Ms. Hernandez says that people don't wash their masks. They're covered in bacteria. And they probably have present more health problems than not wearing a mask. So the only real cleaning mine get or sitting in my hot truck cab, <laughs> it's 98 degrees out. I've never washed a one of them. Not, not Man, a one. You sound, pr- you sound proud. I'm just saying it's the truth. <laughs> when she says most people don't wash their mask, I think if... Most of the audience is honest with themselves unless they're still buying disposable masks or get them from their place of employment. If you're one of these people with the Adidas mask or the Publix mask or wherever, um, the ones that are provided by employers, I guarantee you, especially cats under the age of 30, never wash those fucking things. They just throw them in their car and their glove box and their console like I do, and you pull them out a month and a half later when someone requires you to wear one. I think a majority of them go unwashed. Have you ever washed one of yours, or are all yours disposable? Nope, they get washed. Do you wash them, or do your wife wash them? (laughs) If you were a single man, would you wash them? Be honest. Yeah, because the problem is is they can retain the smell of your stinky food, and when you put that on, it's a little off-putting, and it's like, okay, they need to be washed. I, I, I guess being in Florida, I don't have to wear them so much that I would put them on right after consuming a meal, so I, I don't have to worry about that part. Well, it's more like if you consume a meal that could have heavy garlic and onions in it like hours earlier and it's still kind of sticking with you a little. Mm-hmm. That, that can happen. So I went on to Twitter tonight, and I never go on Twitter. Uh, you I twatted. No, I didn't tweet. I, I go to Twitter whenever we do the meaningless social media headlines that no one cares about. That's where I actually get my meaningless social headlines because if you're looking for meaningless if you're looking for meaningless social media headlines that no one cares about you have to go to the source where all the woke people are and there was something across the top all these little dots with profile pictures on them and it's introducing twitter spaces what well we were talking last week and the week before about how facebook and youtube are losing such a market share to TikTok that they are competing by TikTok. I mean, Facebook and Instagram are basically pushing reels across their universal platform. So whether you post your reel on Instagram, it'll show up on your Facebook if it's connected. So let me guess. Let me take a wild, wild guess that now this is TikTok's variant of short I mean, Twitter format videos. No. This is Twitter's. I got to give Twitter credit where credit is due. This is their way to try to get more users back, but it has absolutely nothing to do with video. They're going the other direction. It's strictly audio. It's an audio live stream 
that shows up at the top, kind of like a Facebook live video or TikTok live video or a YouTube live. It's an audible live stream where people can come in and have conversations. Now, according to twitter.com forward slash help, Spaces is a new way to have live audio conversation on Twitter. We've been testing and building this to open the at Twitter spaces and your feedback will get, you know, will be greatly appreciated. So this is a way to, um, one of the things you can do on TikTok when you're doing a live stream so is it's you, like a Zoom almost, except it's audio, right? It's all you can audio talk to each other. Yeah, you can talk to people. You can have debates, conversations. No one can visually see you. Um, it's kind of like on TikTok when you can do collaborating lives. Like when I'm out in a kayak doing a live, people send me invites and they'll do a split screen and you can talk to people. It's kind of like that, but without the, it's all strictly audio. So I guess maybe they're kind of saying, well, let's take the whole concept of going live and mix it with a podcast format almost. And instead of going down the well-worn out path of video content, let's keep pushing the audio stuff. And so it's their way to try to compete and bring in business by um, doing audio. It says, um, "What anyone can join, listen, or speak in a space on Twitter. Um, in the OS and Android community, starting a space on a web is not po- uh, not possible yet, so you can't do it via your web your web browser. But um, people can join in on the conversation even if you're not following them. So, like, if you open your Twitter app across the top, it'll you'll see like a stack of avatars and have like 460 meaning there's 460 conversations, and kind of like on TikTok Live where you can just scroll through them, you can just click and then just keep swiping and jump from one audible conversation to the next. And I guess participate somehow. So that's hmm. that's Twitter's way of trying to uh, regain some market share loss. See if it works out for them. Um, do you you don't do you have the news story about the drunken woman on the motorized scooter? Nope. Okay, I'll read this real quick. Orlando, Florida, allegedly drunken passenger in a Florida airport led police officers on a I chase agree. using her motorized suitcase to get away. Not a scooter. She actually has a motorized suitcase. Fish fuck boy. <laughs> the local news outlet reports that the woman, uh, Clarissa Alston, was barred from boarding the Southwest Airline flight at Orlando International because she was apparently too intoxicated. Um, newly released body cam footage recorded by Officer Andrew Malone in April t- 2021 shows the encounter. Um, she is seen riding up to the gate on a bicycle and informing. Now, they said earlier that it was a motorized luggage, but maybe it'll change. Uh, she's seen riding up to the gate on a bicycle informing Allison. Oh, I'm sorry. The cop rode up on the bicycle, told Allison she won't be allowed to board. Say, it's beginning to sound like a fever dream. Yep. Uh, told her she wouldn't be allowed to board as she is unable to stand straight, swaying back and forth, and smelled of alcohol. Quote, I don't want no beef. I'm just trying to go home and enjoy myself, Allison told Officer Monroe. Quote, you just need to get over to the terminal and sober up a little bit, get another flight, the officer said. Uh, the woman became belligerent and rides away from the gate on her motorized luggage with the cop in trail. Uh, quote, oh, man, this is, uh, oh, man, that thing kind of goes fast, the officer can be heard saying on her um, body camera. Malone eventually catches up with Alston at the airport tram. Quote, I just need to get to the other side of TSA, Malone tells 
her, follow me, and we can roll out together. But she's she's apparently flirting around okay. the Orlando International Airport on motorized luggage. Well, what would have made that perfect is if she said, number one, I don't want some beef. I just want some chicken. Take off on the luggage. And then the cop finds somebody else and, and com- commandeers their motorized luggage and then gives chase. I was going to say, if this was like an Austin Powers movie, the cop would be on that golf cart that they use for the elderly to take them from, from uh, gate to gate. Or knock some kid off of his hoverboard. And have some... Um, oh, we've seen the one wheels, right? You've seen the one wheels? Oh, yeah, they're pretty cool. They're fucking fast, too, by the way. Yeah, I saw a cat riding a electric unicycle, not a one-wheel. This thing was a straight-up unicycle. It, now, I have seen it. looks like a one-wheel, but it's got the unicycle wheel on it. Is that what you're looking at? Yeah, because the one-wheel looks like a skateboard with a wheel in the middle, right? Yeah. This thing straight-up looked like... But there was no seat on the unicycle, was there? I, it was at night, and he had a, it had a taillight and a headlight on it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I've seen those around here. And They're they not Darkwing Duck. There was a cartoon in the 90s of a duck that had a wheel that mm-hmm. rolled around. He's like a robot. It looked like that no cat. There you go. Bailey's sitting there crying. But yeah, he he went zipping, and he wasn't even on a sidewalk. He was riding in the traffic lanes, actually down Del Prado, and had a helmet on with a flashing light, and he had a tail light and a f- headlight, and he got into the left turn lane, and he was just hauling ass like well, a unicycle electric motorcycle. Well, I've been looking in the one wheels, and they say that's actually the closest to the feel of snowboarding you can get. Oh, I can definitely life. imagine that. But uh, no, those are they're pretty pretty cool. Do, do, um, do, do, do. What else? Oh, watch the Animaniacs reboot. The Animaniacs. Sent you a couple of things. You can see that they're very self-aware the still. Uh, Does Bill Clinton still play the sax, or did they change the theme song? Oh, that was part of the, the, the thing. If, if you watch one of the videos I, I sent from YouTube, um, where they basically talk. It's called the catch-up video, where they, from the 20 years ago that they were on to now, uh, they had Bill Clinton playing the sax, yes. Good. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? Better than this catalytic converter thief. <laughs> These fucking assholes. Nevada deputy shoots suspected catalytic converter thief who is armed with a weapon of choice. Sawzall. Machete. We do get a lot of machete crimes out here. Yeah, but you ain't cutting a goddamn catalytic converter off with a machete. You'll be there all fucking night. Carson City, Nevada. Carson City is the uh, the capital of the great state of Nevada, up there near Reno and to Tahoe area. A cash, a that try that again. A Carson City sheriff. Why does it have to be shot, a tongue twister? Shot a burglar. Suspect. Shot a. Burglary suspect armed with a machete, because I've got to read real slow right now, during a not half hour, not one hour, but two hour standoff located in a residential neighborhood on the north side of town. Sheriff Ken Furlong said Tuesday that the suspect was reported in serious condition at a Reno hospital, but that his injuries were not believed to be life threatening. So a two-hour standoff with a suspected catalytic converter thief armed with a machete. Why did it take two hours? Oh, that's right, the woke mom. No one else was hurt. 
Yep. Furlong said his deputy shot the suspect after he charged at a nearby resident who exited his house through a garage at about 6.50 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. So this standoff apparently was going on since 4.50 a.m. Well, that's four, four, three, four, three, four in the morning's good catalytic converter here, here, stealing here's, time. Here's the important part, because everything we heard out of 2020, a mental health crisis team had been negotiating with the suspect after deputies were called to the scene at about 4.30 a.m. On a report of a man who was stealing catalytic converters from vehicles near North Curry and East Adeline Streets. They, Deputy said he had a knife strapped to his wrist and was threatening them with a lit torch and a machete. I've seen all kind of crazy. We've all. This seen, sounds like a Florida man story. Are we sure this is not fucking Florida. We, we've all seen the memes where like people are welding rebar around a catalytic converter, which I'm sure sounds like shit and gets super hot. But I've seen um, videos where I guess they're like etching numbers on them and then spray painting them yellow or something like that, and it makes it easier. So when you take them down to the freaking scrapyard, which see I don't see that's the thing I don't understand. How are these guys scrapping this shit? Are they cutting them into pieces first? Because I know as a computer guy, I'm not allowed to throw my computers in the trash. I'm required. Yeah, I think they're cutting them up to get the platinum and palladium out of it. Because I know when I go to take computers and shit down the scrapyard, they treat it like a fucking pawn shop. Now you have to. They take your license plate. They photocopy your driver's license. You got to give them a digital thumbprint. So that if anything comes back stolen, it can be traced back to you. So I don't know how these guys are stealing these catalytic converters, and uh, clearly they're not taking the scrapyard in one piece because then it'd be okay. Well, this is stolen, obviously, because how? Why do you have five catalytic converters and none of them are rusted out? Exactly. So imagine your days when you used to snowboard. And do they you're make going up a ski lift or you're going down a ski lift? What was that? Have they improved the material in which exhaust pipes are made out of? Remember when we lived in Ohio and Kentucky? It's like every five years your exhaust pipe would fall off because it would rust through. I don't know, but I was looking into the exhaust system on actually, I was looking into because the six cylinder I have on the Tacoma is actually an Atkinson cycle. What's up, John Craft? Which, 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 which actually, according to the articles I read, is it's all stainless steel exhaust. So if you guys are listening and you live in the area, maybe the Midwest, where it snows and they're putting salt down on the roads, is it still problematic? Do you guys still have problems where, you know, because you don't see a whole lot of muffler shops down here. We had muffler shops all over the place in the Midwest. I think I think everybody's turned to stainless steel for the most part. Yeah, because I remember the one fell off my S10. I ended up running straight pipes on it. Anywho. Imagine either riding a lift or skiing at a nice place called Snowbird, and all of a sudden, two black helicopters—two, not one, but two Black Hawk helicopters—crash within a few hundred yards of the resort. I I used to make the complaint that the biggest problem with Call of Duty is every time you got in a helicopter, the damn thing crashed on the game. But you're telling me two Black Hawk helicopters crashed at a ski resort. Um, a helicopter crashed in Newport Beach on the same day a helicopter crashed in Miami, Florida. So I am never getting in a goddamn helicopter because they're good for I nothing but crashing. Have you ever been up in one? I've been in a Huey. Back when I was in Civil Air Patrol, I was doing the um, medevac, and we were the volunteers. We were the victims on the ground. And the first thing I got was in a litter and on the top rack of a Huey. Flew right over top our house pretty much. I know some people who do Vietnam reenacting, and uh, one of their cats is a uh, pilot, and they take 
they get in their Hueys, but it's just it seems like you hear more about helicopter crashes than we do airplane crashes anymore. Well, helicopters are a very fickle machine. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Utah ski. So basically, two Blackhawk helicopters crashed within a few hundred yards of a Utah ski resort Tuesday morning during a training exercise as skiers on a nearby lift watched a huge cloud of snow snow billow into the air. Amazingly, none of the men and women aboard the helicopter or dozens of skiers. So is it one that crashed or two? These stories these days, and this is the AP, um, That's were injured. Stan Haney did a story about the news press, wrote an article about Fort Myers, and then the headline, Fort Myers was misspelled in the town in which the newspaper prints out of. That's funny. Oh, the Utah... But- but real quick, the Miami, the helicopter crashed in Miami, crashed on the beach in the water, like 20 yards from people who were swimming, and luckily no so one died. So basically that would be the beach equivalent of this uh, ski town crash. Yeah. and luckily no one died. <clears throat> yeah, same here. Utah National Guard spokesman's spokesman, Jared Jones, said the crash occurred during a standard training exercise on U.S. Forest Service land just outside the boundaries of Snowbird Ski Resort, which is located about 28 miles from Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. I like Snowbird's badass, by the way. Joseph Schaefer, a uh, 23-year-old from Provo, heard the thud. He said it sounded similar to the blast noise of an explosives that ski patrols typically set off for AC work or avalanche Mm. control work but realized it was a crash when he saw the uh, helicopter's rotor fly out of the cloud of powder. Now, that would be a little scary. Um, He was thankful nobody was seriously hurt, but said skiers like him were sad when the resort closed the lifts and trams (laughs) from the nearby trash. (laughs) Damn it, you're wrecking my powder day! That's the most important thing. Gotta get the cherry cherry pow pow, bro, bro. Well, not only that, but you know goddamn well Snowbird wasn't issuing refunds on those $300 lift tickets. Yeah, I tell you, even Big Sky's tickets have gotten stupid. It's two seventy-five, I think now. Yeah. Um, needless to say, uh, yeah, um, it's been a bad week for helicopters. Good old days of going to Mad River Mountains, midnight madness for a cool forty dollars, and watching the Carhartt crew come barreling down the hill, drunk and having yard sales. What we like to call hillbilly heaven. Yep. Michigan woman turns. Who's turning a hundred? Uh, well, she decided to do something about it. Do something about turning 100? <laughs> yep. She's going to add another tattoo. Well, there you go. Isn't her skin See, too thin for that? Isn't that like tattooing fucking rice paper at this point? That's a good question, but out of St. Joseph's, Michigan, a Michigan woman soon will celebrate a mi- milestone birthday. How old? Look at her decorative upper arm. Gloria Webb Weberg has New York, New York, 1922, or... NYNY 1922 tattooed on her left arm. The year and place of her birth, Weberg is turning 100 on March 2nd. Please don't go Betty White on this one. And not typical age to visit a tattoo artist, but that's what she said she's done every 10 years since she turned 80. I give it to this lady. Her birth year in New York is under the goddess representing Mother Earth added to the age 80 and is among seven stars representing her children which she added at the age of 90. i think she's just trying to cover up liver spots (laughs) 
No better way to do it. Weberg and her late husband raised their family in the Chicago area. She got a college degree at the age of 55 from Chicago State University and worked uh, as a social worker. They moved to St. Joseph's 30 years ago. And she says her secret is being active <laughs> and to be aware of what's going on in the world <laughs> in every way. <laughs> Damn, Ukraine. Yeah. Well, after COVID, we got Ukraine, and then next it's going to be Taiwan. Um, from what my children are doing, their education, and how important it was to me. She performs aerobics while watching TV news <laughs> and regularly enjoys a glass of red wine. Will there be a tattoo at 110? She's still around. She said, probably if so, there'll be probably something like, are you still here or am I still here? Yeah. She's got a sense of humor and that's fantastic. One last quick story. It's that an did. animal storage. A huge Tahoe bear breaks into homes and as it eludes capture. Breaking news. Hank the Tank strikes again. Why Hank the Tank? Because Frank the Tank was taken. The 500-pound black grizzly has damaged more than 30 properties around Lake Tahoe. And last week, it broke into yet another home in an endless quest for a quick meal. Just like Yogi Bear. Hey, boo-boo. Known to the residents as Hank the Tank, the giant bear has eluded capture for more than seven months, according to Peter Tierra, a spokesman for the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. What's problematic about this bear is how large it is. It's, it's learned to use its size and strength to break into a number of occupied residents bursting through the garage doors or front doors. Does he... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty frightening. The bear has been responsible for more than 150 incident reports in the region straddling Northern California and Nevada. A Friday break-in at a residence at, in the Tahoe Keys neighborhood is the latest. They're saying this bear weighs 500. I think we got some video footage of this. <laughs> Pardon me. I just, I just want to get through there. This door, over there, if you don't mind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, this is his house. Yo, what's up, man? How you doing? No, 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 That movie would be as popular nowadays as it was in 2003. That's a good guess. Old school, maybe, maybe. I don't not. know. I think it may be a little un unwoke. Well, anyway, after the break-in Friday, officials collected DNA evidence to make sure they've got an accurate match if they capture said bear. If Hank is captured, officials said the bear will be relocated to an accredited facility such as a zoo or wildlife sanctuary after all we don't want it to we don't want to tell people it's a black bear if it was well, a brown bear oh dear god so the problem is is if you relocate it to he the wilderness they will starve because i'm not hurt someone's feelings yet he didn't want to do it yes troublesome people are often people in trouble they may be mentally ill find out how you can help write better mental health box 3000 new york one new york 
Needless to say, if they um, turn it out to the wild, it'll starve because it's not used to hunting. And that is what we have for the news on this 2-22-22. This concludes the evening news, and now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. The only thing that would have more twos than that would have been if on Monday people said tomorrow is Tuesday 2-22-22. So we can have more twos to that sentence. Well, we could always say, this is the news by Gary Ganoos on 2-22-22's news. And on that note, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. We want to thank everybody for continuing to join us and continuing to support the show. And if you haven't done so, please head over to whatsinyourhead.com or d-410.com. Click on that Patreon link, sign up and subscribe. It only costs you a dollar a month if you kind of like us. And if you really like us, You'll sign up for the Long Arms Deep Pocket Plan. That'll cost you $7.50 a month. And that'll garner you a free t-shirt after month number two. But for myself and Gordon, and that's going to wrap it up for this episode. And we will talk to you, even though today is 2 we will talk to you all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>